Welcome to the Mala Movement Podcast. Each episode we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health and mindful being. We are so grateful that you're hanging out with us. Let's dive on in. Hi and welcome to episode 16. Today Mark and I are going to be chatting about all things to do with the silly season, how to stay on track, how to nourish your body and look after yourself during this silly time. (laughs) I know there's a lot going on so we wanted to compile what we do for ourselves to help us maintain optimal health but also just navigate this time as well as we're going to give you some journal prompts to help set intentions for the new year and goals for the new year but also reflect on this year. So wait till the end for that. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so let's kick it off with food because there's always such an abundance of food during the silly yes, season. There is, yep. There's always an abundance of food, an abundance of alcohol and all of that and knowing to navigate that and I guess trying not to overindulge. You like you don't want to be like passed out like I know food comas. That's pretty It's a common thing, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So I know it's only just like a few days, but some people are having like parties after parties after parties. And I know some of you actually want some tips on how to navigate that. So we're just going to share from our experience what we do during the silly season, but also in gatherings in general, what we would sort of do. Yeah, like celebrations in general. Yeah, because there's always going to be some sort of celebration. So firstly, before we actually go to a gathering, number one, I don't like to show up starving hungry because that often results in me absolutely stuffing my face, just waffing down my food, not even chewing, and I get a stomach ache from that. So yeah, yeah. I want to actually enjoy the food and not rush the process. So not showing up starving is a really good start. That's what I like to do. I don't know, sometimes Mark fasts. Yeah, I like to fast and then I'll have a... Like when I go into eating, I'll eat as many vegetables as possible prior to actually overindulging (laughs) into some of the good food that's been cooked up by everyone. So I try and navigate myself by eating the healthiest part, filling up on that, and obviously with vegetables where where I can consume them and then go into the heavy stuff a bit later. That's how I do it. I mean, everyone's different, and I try to, I guess, consume more of my calories during that period. Uh, being around with with good company, being around celebrating at the same time. So yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. And like fasting might not be for everyone, especially for myself. Like I have a history of distorted eating and things like that. Now I I do fine with fasting, but it used to be a trigger for me. And I know when Mark used to do it, it actually used to trigger me. So knowing your body and knowing where you're at, fasting may not be appropriate for you. Maybe just eating lighter or actually just eating normal meals and just treating it all the same. Yeah. So not actually trying to restrict yourself so you can binge at Christmas Day. You want to actually just keep it consistent. That's what I was doing anyway when I was coming out of that distorted eating relationship. Though now I would eat lighter and I do indulge in all sorts of foods. We don't keep any foods off limits. No, I probably we don't. No. I don't know if we've spoken about that on here on the pod. Uh, don't think we have actually. We can dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So I don't restrict myself of any foods permanently I used to and I used to be very strict with that coming from like I have followed a vegan diet before I've also gone strictly 
no gluten, no grains, no dairy, like all of those sorts of things. And now I take a very flexible approach to eating and nourishing my body. And I don't reserve indulgent foods just for the weekend. Like cheat days are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I don't do a cheat day. I used to just walk out of restaurants because I've restricted calorie-wise all throughout the week, but also yeah. in my diverse range of eating, I would restrict what I ate as well. So not only was I in a calorie deficit, mm. I was also just wanting all sorts of food. I was only really eating chicken, some carrots, beans, <laughs> very plain I was even restricting myself of fruits and things like that. So now we don't restrict ourselves of any sort of foods. Like we would go to a spontaneous dinner during the week or we don't reserve it for certain occasions. We And I feel like our relationship with food is much better because we don't feel the need to overindulge or make the most of it when it's available. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, coming from my background as well, trying to restrict calories and eat certain foods and it's always the macro counting mm. so you count the proteins the fats and the carbohydrates but now because we have more of a nutrient dense diet and we're constantly just eating like we have a good foundation set up at home and we're constantly eating just quality and nutrient dense foods that it's okay for us to go indulge a little bit here and there and not be so critical about it as well and not like feel bad about what we're eating. So we don't necessarily have cheat days. Like every day for us seems like a cheat day because we actually really enjoy the food yeah. that we eat, the, the food we cook, um, enjoy a good company and just have conversations about it and be able to just awaken our senses to the smells, um, the flavors, the taste, uh, the presentation that you always put out. <laughs> I mean, it's just phenomenal. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I, we've got a, a better relationship with food uh, and where it comes from. Yeah, I absolutely love the food that we eat. And as you said, it never feels like we need a cheat day. We are constantly eating food that we enjoy. And guilt isn't something that I ever feel now when I eat food. So I see all food as nourishment, even if it is classified more as an indulgent food. So if it is like, you know, the birthday cake or the Christmas cake or the pudding or whatever it might be, yes, it might be more processed or it might have some certain ingredients that you wouldn't typically eat, but actually enjoying that whole experience. So you're eating with community, you're eating with your family. You're also getting something that is beyond the nourishment. It's actually like soul food because yeah. you're you're filling yourself up, you're connecting with others, you're laughing at the same time. And often when you're enjoying yourself that much, the food digests a lot better anyway. Yeah, Instead right. of thinking, oh my God, what is this food going to do to my body? Yeah. That is going to be more harmful than the actual food itself, the thought of what it could do. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So just enjoying and being present in that moment because all food is nourishment. Yeah. As long as you believe it is. So true. Of course, we still cook majority of our food at home, like 80, 90% of the time. But when we're having those conscious indulgences, we are fully present and fully enjoying it and taking our time while we're eating it. So mindful eating ties into it as well, which I'm going to actually in one of the eBooks that I created, the Nourish Yourself Guide, I've put a little bit in there on mindful eating, and that's going to be a little bonus guide with my recipe eBooks. So mindful eating is going to be really, really important because how you eat the food dictates how you're going to digest it and what it's going to do inside your body and you want to actually be able to break it down so being present with the food chewing the food taking your time is mm. all going to be really important at these occasions because i'd hate for you to just you know clonk out on the couch fall asleep or be doubled over in pain 
Yeah, I'll, I was thinking as well, like with being too critical of what food choices you make during, say, Christmas, it's also one of those things where if if you've got family members that have made food for the family or the, the, or the friends or whoever's there, and you're saying no to everyone because there's sugar in there. I used to um, be that person. They've cooked it with canola oil. I mean, the barbecue's burnt, so it's got like, you know, toxins in that and you're overcritical. Imagine how you make them feel. So at least, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that you have to eat everything that they provide on the table, but there's the connection piece is like people cook for other people and there's a reward. Like my mom loves to cook spring rolls and loves to cook like we call pansi, which is like, you know, it's Filipino uh, noodles. And I know it's not the best stuff for me, but I love it. And my mom gets so much satisfaction when I eat it. So she gets mm. joy. I get joy. And at the same time, I'm not thinking about the calories. I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm appreciating every bit of it. But I'm not going to eat, you know, 100 spring rolls that day. <laughs> yeah. I might eat 10 and that might just do the trick. And that's that's enough for me. And it's enough for, for me to spend time with, with family as well and enjoy it together. Yeah. And as you said, like filling your plate up first with all the the best options yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that you think is going to nourish your body the most. Yeah. And then you can have a couple spring rolls, have some pansy. Like I try, I love to try all sorts of foods doesn't mean you have to have a whole plate full of it, right? Yeah. So true. you can still try little bits of things and still enjoy that experience without overindulging. And another thing I like to do, if I know that, you know, there's not going to be heaps of vegetables there or something like that, I even sometimes just take a teaspoon of greens powder or a couple of teaspoons of greens powder before I head out. I know you like to do that too, Mark. Yep. Just to like give us a nutrient boost and greens are going to be really helpful in detoxifying your body and everything like that. So yeah, just having a little bit of a greens powder could be an option that you choose to do or just a smoothie in the morning. Something yeah. like in the morning, starting with a nutrient hit yes. can be really, really beneficial. Yeah. So you've started strong. Yeah. But that should be standard in most days, really. Like yeah, this it is, is standard in most days. Look, we us. may take an extra hit during the morning if we're if we're running around and we're going to celebrate and we, we know we're not going to eat the best food, but the best type of food to enjoy with other people. Um, yeah, we might do the might do the supplementation prior with natural supplements. Like we might use activated charcoal. We've got say I'll pack some water with with a couple of pinches of salt in it. We've got some coconut water we bring along as well. I'll bring on some magnesium because I know that if I, I sweat quite a bit, so then <laughs> I'm sweating out magnesium, electrolytes. So I, if I am gonna go drink some alcohol, I've also got to be mindful of being able to top up my levels again. So the activated charcoal that's that's great to help bind some of the toxins, especially that comes from the food. And the alcohol so then that way the next morning i'm feeling 100 bucks most of the times i don't have a hangover the next day but then again i don't drink a lot yeah, so you don't get i limit myself and sometimes <laughs> half the time because i'm coming into a a, a celebration or, or a gathering fasted i may have my first drink of alcohol and i'm like tipsy i'm sort of like at that point so i, I pretty much cap myself probably about three drinks four Three drinks four. and that's about it i don't need to get slush like i used to back in the day and i don't need to try and um, calm my nerves by drinking alcohol it's just really one of those for me it's like opening up a beer is like is, is that time to relax with friends mm. and so it's not something i do every day i only do it on special occasions but it gives me that time to just just breathe exhale out and just relax and know i can just um, kick back and um, enjoy good food so those are some things that I like to pack. It's all about preparation, really. So in the morning, that's already packed in the bag, ready to go. So when we drive out, it's I can have that afterwards. I can have it during. 
And with the activated charcoal as well, I find if, if you get stomach pains and there's something that you've eaten, something that's a little bit off, because sometimes the food sits there for quite a bit, um, you can use the activated charcoal to help with um, with any sort of like stomach ache and problems and, and even bloating, um, gas gas buildup. Yeah, it can stomach. help that, that gas buildup. And I know um, we've brought it overseas with us yeah. for yep. like those food poisoning moments. It's or, a staple. Um, especially when you go in third world countries, like when we're in Vietnam, um, Philippines, Bali, all of that. Taking charcoal, activated charcoal, it actually helps bind up anything that's irritating your stomach. So if you've got the runs, yeah. really good um, if you've got the runs. I would always recommend that you hydrate a lot if you are taking it. Obviously, make sure it's right yeah. for you. Yeah. But it can constipate you when you take too much. So if you already are constipated, make sure you're really drinking that water. And maybe that's what you need to do. Just drink more water to flush it out of your system yeah. if you're feeling yuck. So always when you're drinking alcohol, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And yeah, the coconut water that's going to be really good at topping you up with electrolytes that pinch of salt also and yeah greens powder prior but also if you're not a drinker because i'm not much of a drinker i had my first sip of alcohol in like over a year at a christmas party and i only had no i only had (laughs) one and a half drinks like it took me so long to drink one and i just don't enjoy alcohol much like yeah i I used to like drinking but nowadays i'm i just don't enjoy a drink sort of thing but i know a lot of us just want to feel feel comfortable and connected with others and especially if you're you know seeing people you haven't seen in a while you're a little bit nervous or you just feel left out if you're not drinking holding a drink in your hand helps I just find having something in your hand so where you could bring along some kombucha, like a bottle of kombucha yeah. or a bottle of Nexpa. Nexpa is like a natural sugar-free. I think they use stevia to, to sweeten it. Yeah, severe erythritol or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are like natural alternatives to like fizzy drinks yeah. that you can just hold in your hand just to ease those nerves a little bit. Yeah. I know like like speakers like to hold the mic in their hand when they don't have that, mm-hmm. they fidget. Yeah. So just having something in your hand can really help. And you don't have to drink if you don't want to. And there are cleaner drink options. So I know Mark chooses a certain beer. If I was to drink, I'd always prefer just a shot of vodka. Straight up, yeah. Straight up, like it's the cleanest option. And I know this isn't very health and wellness of me, but it is the cleanest option if you are drinking. So I want to give that to you as an option. And if you want to mix it, mix it with something cleaner. So like next bar, you can get it in raspberry flavor, passion fruit flavor, all of that Coke. Yeah, pre-mix it yourself. Yeah. like Because you can pre-mix like even kombucha. People are now doing kombucha and vodka. But like back in the day, I used to do um, just vodka and a squeeze of lemon and or soda. lime and soda water, and that's yeah. you got yourself a natural premix drink. But for me now that I'm I'm back on the pale ales, like I've I've chosen one that's you know ancient grains, gluten free, preservative free. Because as soon as I have, I, f- I feel like if I have preservatives in my drink, I I wake up with that headache, even if I've had only two or three drinks. Like it's not um yeah it's it's i know what works for me and what doesn't um and as long as i keep hydrating i'm good i'm good i feel all right so but for the guys that i guess the people in general who aren't drinking i like the tips that you're you're giving just having a drink in your hand because some people do get a little bit nervous with big gatherings and they just don't know how to fit in or even just what to say or 
or they're just a bit um, bit bit nervous of being surrounded by a lot of people. So yeah, we've all been stuck in ISO for a long time and haven't seen each other in a long time for some yeah. of us. So it can be a little bit overwhelming being in group. I know I'm better, much better one on one with yeah. people. Yeah, I can thrive in big groups, but it takes a lot of energy from me. It takes mm. like I recharge on my own. So if you're feeling a little bit nervous, just having something in your hand. Yeah, I'd also put as be the conversation starter, I, I reckon, but you don't have to come up with um, something that's that's happened to you, but more so asking more questions about the other person and being interested into what they're about and what they're doing or how this use has been for them. Because I know a lot of times when we talk a lot about ourselves, people become disinterested. And so I like what I like to do is, especially in, in situations like that, whether it's a gathering or whether we've gone to a workshop is is to be the first one to go introduce yourself um, and find out what the person does for a living or what their passion is. I think when we when we go introduce ourselves, first and foremost, we ask what their name is and what their job is. And that sort of gives us the indication of like who they are, but we are beyond that. So you are not your job or your profession, although we tend to look at it in that sense. So, and also when they ask you the same question, what do you do for a living? Maybe just add some zest to what you do for a living. So back in the day, and I still do it now when um, when I was doing a lot of carpentry and building, I used to say that I swung a hammer for a living, right? So instead of going, oh, I'm a chippy or I'm a carpenter, I was like, yeah, I swing a hammer for a living. And it just it's, excites them, like, what do you mean by that? And then, then you dive into you know, your story and whatnot and, and what you do for a living. But I think, yeah, getting getting more interested in what other people, are, um, their story and their background, I think that's a really good place to start and just have a bit of um, play with that. Yeah, absolutely. People love to talk about themselves. And if you're feeling like you don't know what to say, you don't have to say anything, just ask them questions. Yes. And they will they will fill in the gaps for you. 100%. People love yeah. to talk about themselves. So just be a good listener. Remember their name as well. So always introduce yourself and, and say their name a few times during the conversation. So then it sinks into your brain. And then I always leave with saying, it was, it was a pleasure to meet you, Bob. It was a pleasure to meet you, Grace, whoever it is. Um, and, and then move on to the next one and sort of just start to you know, get yourself comfortable with, with introducing yourself. Yeah, 100%. Good tips, babe. All right, now I want to chat a little bit about movement and mindfulness because I understand there's going to be a lot of people gathering and not everyone always gets along. So being your best self and showing up as your best self so you're not reactive mm. in social situations because there can be anything like family dynamics not missing well or you don't like your sister or who, who bloody knows. Yeah. So there's always someone who doesn't get along with someone at family functions. So it might be you with another person or someone else and yeah just to help you stay grounded during that I want to talk about movement and mindfulness I'll start off with movement because I find going simply just for a morning walk is me time Mm. and that helps me fill up my cup I'm out in nature it could be yoga for you or something else you might like to hit the weights or go to the gym do a strength and conditioning session doing something for you in the morning whether it be meditation, movement, is going to help you show up better throughout the day and be less reactive. So I really wanted to touch on that because I know how social this time of year is. Mm. And maybe Mark can share what he does because he has more of a specific movement practice when he's going to functions and things like that. So I'll let you... Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. So what I tend to do is knowing that I do this on the daily anyways. I do a lot of movement during the morning. So while I'm fasting, I do movement. I really try and tackle all parts and all angles as opposed to just doing uh, what they call it, fast fitness. 
and just <laughs> the the very isolated linear movements. I mean, I I still do train um, in in a sense of body weight, so I don't really have a lot of weights. And I, but it's more about move my body through space and how I carry my weight. I find what strength is is being able to be adaptable, robust, and hold your weight in all different planes of motion, where as opposed to just squatting some barbells or or bench pressing some dumbbells, I still feel that that's too isolated. So for me, I try and get as dynamic as possible. Um, so that's usually a morning morning routine that I do every single day. And if it's if it's not that, it's it's either mobility or stretching or either foam rolling um, and getting some to the, the tension points within my body. But usually when I'm going to a function, I'll try and get a, a conditioning um, session in the morning. So I might go for some hill sprints. I might go and do some um, battle ropes or rope climbing or whatever it is, or even just jump on the Hummer, the human movement rig that I've built outside and just, just monkey around a little bit. Knowing that I'm going into a function, whether it's at someone's house or at a park, majority of times people tend to sit, all right? Mm. So if I'm going to be in that situation, I may sit, but I'll also change the way I sit and stand and squat. So it's not like... I'm, I'm sitting the whole period of time. They may see me jump up and I might just go into a standing position. I might do a one-legged rest. So I might, I'm, I've got one. My, tree one, pose. Yeah, tree pose. You can call it yoga. I think there's also, it's all, also called the hunter pose because a lot of the African hunters uh, stand on the one mm. leg with the staff. Um, just like that. And I'll, or I'll go into a squat or I'll sit on the ground. So I try and get, get as many movements in as possible and what I like to do as well is I know there's a function at a park. I will bring my slack line and I will set that up in between the tr- two trees and I'll try and get as many people on that slack line. And I think that's how, how when we celebrated our birthday when we first met, which was probably four, four years ago, four and a half years ago. Five. Five years ago. I think. I got you on the slack line because I was celebrating my birthday at, at the park. This was at Listerfield and we've, obviously we've got the same birthdays. And so we'll celebrating your birthday as well. And yeah, I got you on the slack line. And it's just this pretty much a ratchet that goes in between two trees and, or you can call them anchor points. And you've just got to balance your way from one side to the other. But how I, I sort of helped you along was I got you to rest your hand or I held your hand and walked you across. But that smooth. It's, very smooth. <laughs> but that itself is such a dynamic and such a adaptable. Um, I wouldn't say game, but a, a skill you can develop, and it's fun as well. So, if you can bring some games with you, that'd be amazing. So we've got family members. I know. I know for for this Christmas, and they might bring it again. But they've got this Pictionary board game where you pick a card and you've got to act out and, or and charades yeah sort of thing. and it's hilarious it's so much fun it's funny and just gets you laughing as well yes laughing is good medicine. Part of, it's part of movement and you yeah. get to act it out and sometimes a lot of people are like oh i don't want to play this game i look like an idiot but everyone's looking like an idiot right yeah. and that's the best part of it so if you're if, if you can maybe bring a, a game maybe a ball to play with i mean last what was it uh year every two years ago two years ago, two years ago i ended up gifting everyone juggling balls like everyone like open up their present and they're all just juggling balls and i loved it because as soon as everyone opened it we went out the front and everyone was starting trying to learning how to juggle and i even gave like a little pamphlet on how how to learn how to juggle because it's it's movement but it's more than just movement it's connecting the left and right Mm. hemisphere of the brain and it's collaborating as one so one you're learning a new skill set two it's priming up your brain and three, you're getting movement in there, and plus you're getting some laughter because a lot of the times you, you <laughs> see <up> on the floor. <laughs> it does. Um, and so 
things like that. Uh, try to try to plan it out a little bit if you can, just so you can um, maybe bring in what you can into the function. Yeah, more movement into the yeah, yeah. function, and you don't always have to sit. You can stand and talk. yeah, you, you can, can stand. move around. Um, you don't have to stay seated at functions most of the time. Like yeah, most people even okay. So in lectures, even at school, when I was studying, when I go to seminars, I will stand up. I will yep. go to the side of the room and I'll stand up. I won't stay seated the whole time. It's so uncomfortable. Mm. And if anyone thinks you're weird, just say you have a bad back, which I don't, but sitting too long will give me a bad back. So, yeah. um, and no one argues with that. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, no worries. So they let you stand. They Like no one thinks you're weird. Just like, oh yeah, my back hurts when I sit. And I just needed to move. And then eventually other people start doing it as yeah. well. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you got to be the trendsetter. And I, other people want to, they're just not. Yeah. <laughs> And with, with movement as well, I've noticed this when I go to family gatherings, you got to also think about the clothes that you wear because it, it can, in most cases, restrict the mm. movement that you have. So, so, for example, I will always wear a pair of shorts. I've got my either, I'm either barefoot or I've got my Kung Fu shoes, the Fiyu shoes, where I can move around and I, I'm able to play where there's, there's either guys or girls out there that wear like tight, tight jeans, restrictive mm-hmm. clothing, they've got belts. And I know you want to look really nice and whatnot, but if you're in that outfit and it's a hot day, there's less chance of you actually playing with a soccer ball or maybe jumping on the slack climb because you're restricting yourself from all the tight clothing that you're wearing. So maybe think about what you want to wear and feel mm. comfortable. I hate wearing like I used to wear. I'm all. I used to be all about the tight jeans because I used to be a skateboarder that skinny skater wearing the tight jeans. People were like, oh, man, you're taking skinny jeans way too far. <laughs> and now everyone's wearing skinny jeans, but I, I just can't wear skinny jeans anymore. I've got to wear yeah. chinos where I can actually do, you know, the splits or a front kick. Because... He still rips his shorts. <laughs> I have sewn up uh, his shorts because he still tears them, but you've got a lot more movement in them. I'd hate to see yeah. you in slacks because they would just be ripped I just, in half. I can't wear it. Nah. I, like any any material that's restrictive or doesn't have any give, I used to wear, like, even for, for work, I used to wear the hard yak air, like the short shorts, you know, the tradies short shorts. But they just, they weren't elastic. And I used to get mm. sore testes just from, <laughs> you know, I'd be getting a squat trying to, yeah, hammer a nail in. And it would just, like, it just wouldn't give. So I just, giving you guys the heads up, just get comfortable, wear yeah. maybe some clothes that still look really nice. Um, but, yeah, allows you to, to uh, move. Because a lot of people, like, uh, back in the day as well, and I know family friends of mine as well, they, they got really expensive clothes and they don't want to be climbing trees or they don't want to get it dirt themselves dirty. And I'm mm. just like, hang on, you're here to enjoy yourself and move freely. Like, don't limit yourself. Yeah, each their own. And yeah. like, I know for me personally, I wear looser fitting clothes now just for comfortability as in when I'm digesting my food. Yeah. Because a lot of people are wearing the skinny jeans or the tight dresses or really Very super tight. tight skirts. Yeah. And it's putting a lot of pressure on their digestive system. And yeah. that's a recipe for reflux yes. and a sore tummy. Yep. So actually giving your stomach some space to breathe. So you don't want like a tight belt or a tight waistband around your stomach. You I've want got something, a shoelace. <laughs> you want something elastic for the sake of your digestion, just being comfortable. Otherwise, yeah, bloating, reflux, and just an unhappy digestive system, especially when you're usually eating a lot more than you typically would. Yeah wearing comfortable clothing right because mm. no one wants to wear a tight dress and actually want to relax your stomach so it can digest but you feel like you have to suck in 
True, yeah, yeah. So wearing looser fitted clothes, um, if you want to, think ahead for comfortability yeah. because it makes a difference because I know I've worn really tight clothes or really tight fitted clothes um, on occasions like that and I'm just so uncomfortable, so miserable and irritable because there's so much pressure on my gut. Mm. So, yeah, loosen the belt, wear something looser. That's what I will be doing anyway. Yeah. Something that my belly can breathe in comfortably. All right, now I reckon let's wrap it up with some journaling, like what we do into the new year. So Mark and I, we don't really do much during the new year, but New Year's Day, we have for the last, I think, three years, we spend journaling and setting intentions for the new year or for the year ahead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I just wanted to read out some of our journal prompts that we have been doing for yeah the past three years. And you can either do this now or between Christmas and New Year or New Year's Day if you wanted to, like us. I'm not sure what day we're going to do it. It might be New Year's Day again. Who most knows? likely in the van. Yeah, most likely in the van by then. So I'll read some of the prompts out and you can write this down, pause it, the audio if you need to. But the first one is the top 10 highlights of the last year. So this year, 2020, I know it was a massive year for a lot of us, but I'm sure there are some highlights. If you really drop into that space, magic things have happened. And sometimes it's a matter of noticing them and acknowledging them. So the top 10 highlights of 2020, five things you achieved this year, five good things I did for others in 2020, five things I'm grateful for in 2020, and five things I learned in 2020. And then for 2021, it's more about like goal setting and planning for the year. So setting intentions for the year. So the top three priorities for 2021. And then I might hand it over to Mark. Yeah, so it's top three priorities for 2021. And then we've got top career goal, top health goal, top relationship goal, top financial goal, top community goal. And then you can write down 10 action steps to complete in the next 30 days to really catapult you towards your goals and just get you into action. And then just simply writing down why these goals are important to you. And then the last few things is three things you want to do more of in 2021 and three things you want to do less of in 2021. And then writing down some habits that you want to cultivate and things that you want to learn in 2021. And that's what we spend, like we spend quite a few hours doing this. We usually go to a park. I know the first time we did it, we went to a park. And the second time we were at a beach and I don't remember the other one, but we're usually in nature just doing it, just hanging out under a gazebo, taking our time or under a tree and just really setting some intention. And you can, as I said, you can do this now or later. There's no wrong time to start planning and setting intention. You can start anytime, anytime. But really what that really does is it, it gets us to reflect it gets us to be present. It gets us to look into the future where we want to go because you've got to have something to aim at, right? So these goals and intentions that we set, if you don't set them, then you're going to be drifting like most people in in life or like they say, you're a, you're a boat without a rudder. So I think this is a great way to inspire you and also get you more empowered that you are in control. It's don't leave it to someone else to tell you it will dictate your life you are in control and you've just got to reflect and look at how, say, maybe this year's gone um, and how the 
previous years have gone and what led you up to this point? Because I know if I don't set anything and I'm I'm kind of just like just trying to try all different things, which I did this year. Or letting the wind take you wherever. Yeah. Well, this year I, I set up, like, for example, we'll just give do me for for example, like I, I set out uh, closing down my business, which I did. I ended up writing an ebook, which I did. Um, I ended up saying I'm going to go on Ninja Warrior, which I did. I said I was going to be a tape teacher, which I did. And I did a lot of things this year, like so many things. But then I'm looking back and say this this was a wild ride for, for me and Laura. And then we moved down, all these other stuff. Now we're building the van and there's so much I've done. But then I'm, I'm looking at more of the bigger picture. Like my, my bigger goal is is to be able to, to, to cultivate all these skill sets that I've learned and to be able to share and help people with them as well. So learning all these things throughout this year has made me reflect and gone, wow, there's so much that's possible and don't ever doubt yourself that you can just keep going and going. And for me, it's not chasing the success of what mainstream, I guess, is, is saying what success is. It's really like I'm looking back now on how can I create my own personal success, like the, the achievement, but also the fulfillment. And so now when I write that down in my journal, I mean, Laura, take time to, to do that. It will then inspire and provoke me to go, wow, I can then take it further and further and really get me to a place where, where I'll be not satisfied because you're never satisfied. As soon as you get satisfied is, is the time you start to deteriorate. It's almost like retirement, right? So there's always the mountain that you choose to climb, there's always a bigger mountain behind that one. And so it's a never ending journey. And so I think that's what, what I can appreciate by being able to do the reflection and also jot down our goals and intentions for, for the next year. And then hopefully 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe 100 years plus what you want to leave behind as well. Like I think that's there's a bigger impact with what you leave behind, the legacy that you leave, as opposed to just you just drifted through life and then you were speck in the wind in, in some way. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Laura? Yeah, and it's not to even set goals to punish yourself if you don't achieve them. It's no. more of like, okay, well, this is what I set out to do this year. Why haven't I done it? What have I learned or what can I do moving forward to help create that or help me reach those goals? So I don't want you to use this practice as a way to punish yourself because I know a lot of us can get quite self-critical thinking like I haven't done anything this year. I can't think of anything. Yeah. Well, okay, what can you do moving forward so you have something to write down? So don't get stuck in the criticizing and letting your little inner gremlin attack you ask yourself a better question instead of being the victim in the situation, ask yourself how you can move forward towards where you want to go. Now on the head there, and I'd, I'd like to add is you've got to take action. So we can, we can think and we can write all this stuff down, but if you don't take that action, then you're going to be constantly in that fear mindset. And you're going to constantly be in that procrastination environment where nothing happens and you feel like I'm not getting anywhere in life. And you feel like you're getting somewhere, but you create these images in your head um, and then you don't do anything about it. So just at least if you make that small, tiny action and then slowly compound that over time, you're going to gain that confidence and you're going to gain the traction that you need to get to where you need to get to. And when you get there, it's it, it doesn't end there. It's just the beginning. So yeah, we encourage you guys to be able to jump jump in there and, and reflect and be able to, and this is why the practice, I just, I, I love doing it. And it doesn't have to be once a year. It's like you're constantly reflecting. It might be at the end of the month. You might have it as a, as a ritual or as a habit. 
You can um, do it quarterly. Like it's yeah. a, it's a if you're not writing anything down, then you actually can forget what you actually wanted. Yeah. And it's a way to correct course and just keep yourself accountable. Yeah. And then every day you could you could look at your what you've set out to do. Um, and then that just pretty much sets up your day. So you're navigating yourself either consciously or subconsciously towards that goal or towards that mission or that message that you want to put out into the world. Yeah, 100%. And I will say the diary that we get is from Kiki K. So they actually had all those journal prompts. I didn't make them up. I should say that. So I didn't make them up. They're from Kiki K. Uh, I think they're more online now. They used to be in Fountaingate. I think they closed down their store, but I'm pretty sure they're online. So you can check them out, Kiki K. They've got amazing little journals. If you want to grab one, otherwise... A piece of paper. A, yeah, a piece, piece of paper, paper and a pen. A pen. Which is probably what I'm going to do this and year. And just some honesty. solitude with yourself mm. rather than have your phone there, distractions, people, just solitude with yourself. And uh, I'd probably suggest go out in nature. Mm. Take some time out there and, and have a think and, and be able to express yourself on a piece of paper and, and see where that takes you because everyone has the capacity and the ability to really tap into their true potential within them we've just got to be able to evoke it and be inspired and then just be able to push ourselves out of the comfort zone right and that's that's why we tend to lean towards comfort as soon as discomfort happens we run away or we try and hide or we try and avoid it but it's like no matter what happens in life there's always going to be obstacles and this whole process is all about building your character building your individual self and 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 these challenges will happen so when you set these big goals or these these intentions you are like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it you are going to get some obstacles and some setbacks but use those setbacks not a win-lose like a win-learn so then you're constantly progressing yourself and a lot of times you might even have to detour from that goal so if you if you think like you're gonna have a straight road to that goal and something pops up and you you think to yourself oh i've got to turn around go back home no no you've got to then take a detour, but you're still heading towards that goal. Does that make sense? So look at yourself as becoming more resilient, but you've got to be able to go out there and and sometimes you have to fall and stumble, but then you'll stumble upon really just this self-actualization. It's the appreciation. It's this whole gratitude, just just being thankful for the life that you have and get to live and be able to um, yeah be, be amongst other people as well and enjoy the experience. So I think the human experience whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, um, psychological, financial, like it all plays that part of, of our life. And and that's why like success for me isn't just a financial data point on how much money you have in your bank. It's really um, how well have you lived and how well have you helped others to live their life um, as simply as you can live yours. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. Mm. How whole was your whole life? Yeah. Oh. All right, we'll leave it there. I trust that will be helpful for you. Go back and re-listen to the journal prompts if you want to write them down. As I said, you don't need a diary to do this. A simple pen and paper, you can write it on the back of a receipt. Keep it minimalism. Yeah, don't let the I don't have a diary stop you from this, okay? And just keep in mind those little things that we do to help support us through gatherings and the silly season and all of that try some things out this year let me know if they helped but you don't have to obviously do it all we have cultivated these practices and they work for us it may not all work for you but it doesn't hurt to try it on definitely yeah all right so try it out and we will speak to you next week all right everyone thank you so much we'll catch you later bye 
Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. It's our mission to keep freedom of speech and holistic traditional wisdom alive in a time of such wild censorship. So please, if you've gotten anything out of this episode or you would like to support our mission and message in any way, we would love if you left a review on whatever app you're listening from or even take a snap of you listening and share it on your stories and tag us. We would love to see that. We are so, so grateful for your support. All right, we'll chat to you in the next episode. Bye for now.